At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. A Monday show for you. We'll do a little NBA coming up. Um, obviously, we'll do some baseball, Mets, Yankees, uh, both with good weekends, and, and we'll get to some NBA as the NBA season closed Thursday. The Warriors win a title, so we'll recap that and we'll get into some NBA odds for next year. Hey, Never too early to start on next year. We'll, we'll discuss that. We'll discuss the draft. Nick, Knicks, Nets, boy, haven't, uh, haven't talked a lot of Knicks. I don't know that I've said the word Knicks on this podcast probably since March. And hell, why would I? The, the Mets and Yankees are rolling. We had NFL draft. We've had NBA. So, uh, you know, the playoffs, the finals, there's really not been a lot going on with the Knicks. I guess we talked about a little bit with the, uh, with the Mitchell rumors, but really uh, not a lot going on with them. So we'll touch on the NBA odds for next year as Bet Rivers has those up. But we'll start with baseball. And uh, we told you last week, hey, minus 300 for the Yankees to win the AL East. It's not pretty. It's not sexy. But might as well take it because it's pretty much free money. And that number is now minus 950. And I think even that 950 is cheap. If you look around other books, it's much more expensive. So 950 is actually a pretty good number uh, here at Bet Rivers to win a division. The Yankees are going to win the East. It is official. It is over. Uh, Anyone who bet the East, you can just sit there and wait for your money. They lead the Blue Jays by 11 games. They lead the Rays by 13 games. It is over in the American League East. It's just a matter of now of what you do with the deadline, keeping guys healthy, uh, and how many games they're going to win. 105, 108, 110. Talked about it last week. There's going to be a ton of pressure here on the Yankees now. When you win 110 games, you haven't been to a World Series in a dozen years, you better get back at least. You better at least get back to World Series. Again, if you lose to the Dodgers or something, six or seven games, eh, all right, you wouldn't be happy with it. But 
Can't lose in first round to uh to the White Sox or the Red Sox or God forbid Toronto. Uh, Toronto annoyed me today, by the way, uh, with all their antics. I'll get to that in a minute, but going to be a lot of pressure on the Yankees. But the Yankees are going to win the division. They're going to be one of the top two seeds, and they are just having a monster season here. Just incredible. They win every day. Obviously, they lose on Sunday, but uh, they seem to win every day. They are in action today against the Rays. Great pitching matchup. Cole against McClanahan. Total 6.5. Yankees minus 125 at Bet Rivers. Uh, I would go with the Yankees. I would go with the Yankees. I think this will be a 3-2 type of game. That 6.5 is cutting it short. Again, if it's a 3-3 game at some point, it's going over because obviously you're getting that seventh run. So if you're going to play an under, they're making you pay for it. It's going to be under 3.5, but that would certainly be a way I would go under 3.5. I could see you know, 1-1 after five innings, 2-1 after five innings. That might actually be my better bet is uh, under first five innings. Cole pitched well against the Rays last week. Remember, these teams played, what, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday last week. Cole pitched well against them. McClanahan pitched okay against the Yankees, had some bad defense. Higashioka got him for a homer. Judge got him for a homer. So uh, I would I would like the Yankees. I would also like the under three and a half first five there at Bet Rivers. The game Sunday, the Yankees finally lose a game. They went for their third straight sweep. They came up empty against Toronto. Frustrating game. And this game means nothing except for uh, if you bet them yesterday, which I did. And this game annoyed the hell out of me. Oh, my God. They're, first of all, they're down 2 nothing. You think, all right, you know what? It's not their day. They're due to lose. You know, they've won all these games in a row. They're being sweeping Toronto in Toronto. Uh, is asking a lot. They've they've done plenty well here on this stretch where they swept Toronto, uh, swept Tampa three, beat Toronto two. If you lose one to Toronto, no big deal. First of all, Donaldson gets picked off in the first inning with Glaber up. Stupid Glaber. First, you got Kikuchi on the mound who's struggling, who's been awful this year. A left-handed pitcher against Torres, a right-handed batter. With some power, he's had a nice little resurgence. What are you getting picked off first base for? Where are you going? Stupid. And we'll get to Donaldson here in a minute because it wasn't his last mistake. Torres ends up hitting, leading off the second inning because it was the last out of the inning. Donaldson getting picked off. Tor Torres leads off the second, hits a home run. Rubs salt in the wound. All right, so you went from down 2 nothing. Torres homer makes it 2-1. Eventually, after that 2 nothing deficit, you score 8 of the next ri 9 runs. You're up 8-3 to three in the 6th. You're on your way to another sweep, another win. Ready to cash your tickets if you bet the Yankees. 8-3, you run into a little trouble in the sixth. Two on, nobody out. First and second, nobody out. Ground ball to Donaldson. Easy double play, routine double play. Instead of throwing to second for the double play, he runs all the way to third. I think he thought he was a little closer to third than he was because if you're right near the bag, all right, you step on third, you throw to first, you get the double play, it's easier that way. It's it's you know it's it's an easy out, and then you know one throw to get two outs. So he has to scramble to get to third, steps on third for one out. Guy's safe at first. So you're already, you're giving the inning life. You're igniting the fire a little bit. It's 8-3. to three. You get the out. You don't really think too much of it, but it's in the back of your mind. Anyway, uh, Castro gets the next guy out. There's two outs. Still 8-3. to three. Chapman's up. Matt Chapman. First pitch right down the middle. Ball. Right down the middle. I don't know how he missed the call. The umpire. Ball. Second pitch. Right down the middle. A little up, but clearly in the box there for a strike. Also a ball. So right now, instead of 0-2 in the inning being... You know, when you're down 0-2, the league average is like under 100. Instead of being 0-2, it's 2-0. He walks him. 8-3, bases loaded. Guriel hits a grand slam. So instead of being out of the inning, probably at 8-3, it's 8-7. And now you're in the fire. Uh, Peralta comes in the next inning, a cheap single. And then they give up a three-run homer. The Yanks actually rallied back to make it 10-9. Rizzo with a homer. They get second and third. And this is where the umpire killed him again. Judge is up two on, two out in the eighth. 1-1 one, one count. 
puts you know six inches, eight inches inside, gets calls it a strike. So the umpire did not do the Yankees any favors. Now look, if you're the Yankees, you don't have to give up a grand slam if you're Castro. You could still get out of the inning. You don't have to give up a homer if you're Peralta. So it was it was a lot on Donaldson. It was a lot on you know the Yankees relievers, which have been great. So not all on the umpire, but the umpires I thought it was just a frustrating loss. Boy, ticked me off. Really, <laughs> it really annoyed me uh, that loss, the way it happened. It was so avoidable. Just uh, a rare loss, a rare bad loss for the Yankees as they avoid sweeping the Blue Jays. And the Blue Jays annoyed me. Flipping the bats after the homers. Look, guys, you're down 12 games, 11 games in the division. You're flipping bats after home runs like you're, you know, 20 games over 500. Calm down a little bit. Please, calm down. Uh, that's what annoys me about this playoff format. It doesn't matter. Yankees are going to win 110 games. The Blue Jays are going to win 86 games. And they're still both going to be in the playoffs. And if the Blue Jays win two out of three, they're both going to be basically on equal footing. That's what annoys me about the extra playoff spot. But uh, the Yankees just cruising right now. 11 games up, minus 900 here to win the AL East. Um, and, and just in great shape. Closing in on the Dodgers, the Dodgers still continue to be the favorite just based on name, based on you know the lineup. Although Betts got hurt this week. Their pitching's been a disaster. Bueller's hurt. The, the Braves are still the or the uh, Dodgers are still the favorite here to win a World Series, plus 400. Yankees creeping up though, plus 475. Astros 7 to 1. Mets are eight to one, Blue Jays eleven to one, Padres twelve to one, Braves fourteen to one. As we look at the futures odds here, Judge now even money to win the MVP. Um, so that's the Yankee situation. Like I said, they play the Rays here this this evening in Tampa. Yanks minus one thirty total six and a half at Bet Rivers. The Mets. Last we talked to them, the Braves were closing in. The Braves had cut it to four on Thursday. The Braves were off Thursday. The Mets played the Brewers. Mets fell behind four to one. And that thing was about to get to three. And man, if you're at three the second week of June, that might as well be zero. That's basically an inconsequential lead. Now you look, you'd rather be up three than down three. But it was about to get to three. Mets were down four one uh, Thursday night to the Brewers. They come back and win it five to four. Win Friday against the Marlins. Win Saturday against the Marlins. Meanwhile, the Braves, who were off Thursday, and had won 14 in a row. Go to Chicago to play the Cubs, who had lost 10 in a row. And this is just this is typical baseball. Braves have won 14 in a row. Cubs have lost 10 in a row. Cubs beat them Friday and beat them again Saturday. Now the uh, the Braves turn around and win Sunday. The Mets lose on Sunday in a game that was really it was a bad beat if you had the under because the under was seven. Made, might have closed six and a half some places. Told, uh, and it was 0-0 in the sixth inning. It ends up going over. But a game that was scoreless for a while. Mets took a lead. Marlins end up winning it. Uh, you would have liked to have it. Tough one if you're the Mets. Similar to the Yankees where you would have liked to have the sweep. You had a lead pretty late. But a good weekend where you pick up uh, a game and a half or so. Really two games from Thursday on. So you have a five and a half game lead over Atlanta. Look, five and a half is pretty comfortable. If you can get in that six, seven range and you feel really good about it, you don't want it to get it where it's two and three and you're just in a dogfight here. So uh, I don't think you're anywhere close to safe. Uh, McGill is going to be out at least a month now. He shut down for a month. So the Mets pitching injuries continue. McGill was sensational the beginning of the year. He's gotten roughed up a few times. Now he's dealing with some shoulder issues. So uh, maybe when he comes back, you don't even put him as a starter. Maybe he's a guy where the rotation, the, uh, the bullpen, you know, he could be sort of a bridge guy and pitch multiple innings. Although if he's got a shoulder issue, do you want him pitching back-to-back games? Maybe you just, you know what? He's sort of an ultra reliever or you pitch him two or three innings, one relief spot, and you, you sort of give him a few days off and handle him that way because the Mets, if they get Scherzer back, which Scherzer could pitch next Sunday, sounds like he's on his way back after a rehab start. DeGrom, who knows, still working with bullpens. But if you get both those guys back, 
with Bassett pitching well again. Carrasco, you have enough starting rotation, especially in the playoffs here, where you can put McGill in the bullpen. So nice weekend for the Mets. They are now uh, five and a half clear of Atlanta. I still think we're we're a, uh, a full summer of a pennant race ahead of us. Braves minus 139. We should give their odds too. Minus 139 as they play the Giants tonight. Uh, so Braves minus 139. Total is eight. So not too early to be scoreboard watching. If you are the Mets, you got to worry about obviously the Braves and uh, still have a lot of head to head games with Atlanta. So should be a lot of fun uh, as we give you the odds here. Mets minus 235 to win a division here. Uh, and look, you got a five and a half game lead. That's not nothing. That's not nothing. Uh, Atlanta's played well. Strider, the rookie. Harris, the rookie. They've got two of the favorites here as the rookie of the year odds have really tightened up because Gore was the favorite to be the NL rookie of the year. Mackenzie Gore, the Padres pitcher. But he has gotten bombed his last two times against the Rockies, coincidentally, where he was like plus 120. He was almost even money to win a rookie of the year. But look, it's still early enough where you have two bad games or, uh, you know, yeah, two bad games. Or if you're a hitter, you go over whatever or you get hurt. We saw Machado and Betts, two NL uh, MVP candidates, get hurt this past weekend. Things can change in a hurry. That's why, you know, I said Judge is an injury away from being, you know, the only thing that keep him from the MVP is an injury, but injuries happen. Injuries do happen. Bad performances happen. So Gore, uh, with a couple bad performances, has brought guys into the mix like Strider, Gorman, uh, really a wide open NL Rookie of the Year race and uh, should be a good race as, you know, Harris is in the mix for the Braves impressive young outfielders the Braves just do a, uh, a tremendous job they just keep producing these these prospects really out of nowhere so a, a long summer ahead of us if you're the Mets and the Braves a lot of games head-to-head -head, but uh, a good weekend a good I would say a good counterpunch a good counterpunch because this thing was headed to three and you've you've seen this from the Mets but they show you some toughness you know they show you some guts where you know what they lose a bad game they come right back and they respond and the Braves start to creep up on their heels and, and the Mets respond and they've responded Thursday, Friday, Saturday would have liked to get the one on Sunday, but uh, with the Braves losing two out of three and you figured, Hey, even though they won 14 in a row, they're due to cool off. They're due to lose, you know, three out of five, something like that. So Mets with a nice little counter punch, get that lead where it was headed towards three Thursday night and propel it back up to five and a half where you got a little bit of a, a breathing room as you head into, we got a couple weeks left in June. So, Look, it's, uh, I mean, we're still, we're not quite at the halfway point, but uh, a lot of baseball left. And, you know, if you're the Yankees, you're basically gone in this division with an 11-game lead. And if you're the Mets, you want to be in a position where, you know, when you play Atlanta, you're not up two or three. You're up seven or eight. And if you lose two out of three, it's not really enough for Atlanta. So uh, you got a little bit of a cushion. And if you're the Mets, you want to keep building this cushion. I should mention they play the Marlins. It's an afternoon game. It is Peterson against Rodgers. Peterson was bad his last start out against Milwaukee, where Burns beat him. It was Wednesday night. Rodgers, who was tremendous last year for the Marlins, rookie of the year candidate, Cy Young candidate, you know, lefty throwing the ball 98 miles an hour. He's been a disaster this year. He's been walking the ballpark, so you figure it's probably a mechanical issue because uh, he was so good last year, so dominant. Remember, he pitched a couple really good games against the Mets. I think 2020 is a rookie. Remember, he outdueled the ground one nothing or 2 nothing a couple times, so... Uh, Rodgers has really come back to earth here where he has not pitched well, really struggled with command, with control. So Mets minus 138, total eight and a half. Usually I'd say day game, you go under, but I just don't trust Rodgers here and his control. So uh, I'll lay the minus 138 here with the Mets. I think they win this game and win three out of four here 
um, against the Marlins. So I guess I, I misspoke when I said the Mets. If they won today, they wouldn't have swept. So it's the rare wraparound. Usually in, in baseball series end on Sunday. Very rarely do you get that fourth game on a Monday. So I'm not sure if this was a makeup game or, what, or if it was scheduled. It probably was a makeup game at some point because usually you don't get these wraparound where a series starts Friday and they go Saturday, Sunday, and then finish up on Monday. It's not unheard of, but it is uh, it is pretty rare. So Mets minus 138, a pick. Yankees minus 130, a pick. And under three and a half, first five Yankees Rays are the picks. Uh, you can find those odds at betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. Coming up, we'll talk a little NBA. We'll talk some drafts, some Knicks, some futures odds, some Nets, obviously. Uh, that is next. First, though, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook invites you to add some variety to your baseball bets with new same game parlays. Every game this baseball season, you can combine game bets and player props to create your perfect Bet Rivers combination. Whether you're looking to increase your payouts on favorites or make your own long shot, you can add a little extra spice to your game with same game parlays at Bet Rivers online sportsbook download the bet river sportsbook app and make your baseball same game parlays today must be 21 or older available in new york only void where prohibited gambling problem call 877 hope ny or text hope ny that is 877-8 hope ny or text hope ny all right we are back new york city cast bet river sportsbook uh talk a little nba i thought the last time we talked was Thursday. I thought we were headed towards a Game 7. That was not the case as the Celtics actually got up 12-2. to And I, I felt good about Boston going into the game. They're up 12-2. The place is going crazy. They're hitting a bunch of shots. And you're thinking, all right, we're getting a Game 7. Not the case. The Warriors stormed back. Just a crazy run. Uh, and actually, I saw this. They were 14-1 to at one point in live betting to win the first quarter you can bet you know on all sorts of stuff you go to betrivers.com download the bet rivers app all this sorts of live betting options where you can bet on the first half the first quarter obviously the full game live betting and when they were down way big in the first quarter 14 to 1 to win the first and they came back in the uh behind a crazy run take the lead heading into the second quarter and really middle of the second quarter the game was over they got up by as many as 21 you know, they're hitting threes. Pool banked in a three. It was just a barrage that Boston could not recover from. And the Warriors win what is just um, an iconic title. I mean, think about it. it very rarely. And, and now this is six final appearances in eight years, four titles. They had the three and four strikes. Very rarely do you get to the top of the mountain, get knocked all the way to the bottom, and then come back. You know, we talked with Mark Feinstein last week about the Yankees dynasty. You know, we compared it to the Patriots dynasty. The Patriots would have their down years, but their down years would be like, you know what, losing the second round of the playoffs. Same thing with the Yankees where they're in the mix every year. When you have that type of dynasty, your bad years, you're usually in the World Series, around the World Series. The Warriors with the worst record in basketball in that 2019-20 season, obviously Clay recovering from the ACL. Steph has a hand injury. They just keep him out. They win, 50, I think, 15-50 and 50 that year. And uh, last year missed the playoffs, you know, really all together. They got in the playing, lost two playing games, one to the Lakers, one to the Grizzlies, and just give them all the credit in the world. They get Clay back, and, you know, the Suns get knocked off, which is still kind of disappointing that we didn't get a Suns-Warriors conference final. That would have been a lot of fun. But now, look, I mean, four and eight years, and, and I think Durant's legacy, and we don't do a lot of legacy stuff. I mean, I think the legacy stuff, it's a betting show. This is... You know, we focus on trying to make you some money and trying to talk about things that are interesting. Once in a while, a legacy topic pops up that you find interesting, and this is one of them. Because Durant now, 
This is twice now Curry's won without Durant. Durant's never won without Curry. Not to oversimplify it, but look, Curry's won two MVPs. Durant's only won one. Curry's won four titles. Durant's only won two. I know Durant won the two finals MVPs uh, those, those years with Curry. And Curry lost it to Iguodala. Well, not lost it, but Iguodala won it in 2015, which I thought was just insane. If anyone should have won it from the Warriors, should have been Curry. You could have made a really good case for LeBron. But nevertheless, Curry, just an incredible series. Uh, you saw at the end of the game, he's crying. It was very, we've never seen him that emotional move to tears like that at the end of the game. Just a, a really impressive effort by the Warriors to come back, win a championship. Wiggins, who, you know, was viewed as a bust. I mean, remember all the comparisons when he was coming out of Kansas to, you know, generational prospect, best prospect since Durant, those kind of comparisons. Didn't really work out in Minnesota, put up some numbers, but on bad teams, he was really the second most consistent player for the Warriors in a lot of these games. You know, he had that huge game four with a million rebounds. So the Warriors win a title. The Celtics, boy, up two games to one at home for game four with a lead in game four. Lose that game and never win another game. It's sort of like the Rangers-Lightning series where they had a chance to put Golden State away and they couldn't do it. Disappointed we didn't get a game seven. Not disappointed that Golden State won. Was happy to see Curry win as the Warriors are champions. And now we get a little break from the NBA. You know, it feels like we've had a long, there's been a long time since we've actually had an NBA offseason. We'll get to the NBA odds as Bet Rivers has the title odds, Eastern Conference odds, Western Conference odds, MVP odds all for next season. So we'll get to those in a minute. Um, you know, it feels it feels like it's been a long time because obviously the bubble, those finals went until what, the middle of October. The Suns-Bucks finals last year went until mid-late July. I think third week of July, something like that. It was after the All-Star break. Because I remember game four of that series was during the All-Star break. I think the night after the All-Star game was game four. So, you know, a week after the All-Star break, the finals ended up last year. So third week in July. And that was an abbreviated offseason. Obviously, the offseason before was only a couple of months. Now we get a full offseason where we don't have any NBA until July. Obviously, we have the draft this week. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, but we actually have a full off season where we get, you know, these teams can kind of recharge the batteries and we have a, a normal, what is a traditional off season where you get, you know, the second half of June off all of July, all of August, then late September training camps start to open it before uh, Halloween, where the NBA season usually begins right around that week of Halloween. So, um, look, we'll get to the odds here in a second, but, um, you know, the draft coming up this week, I, don't have a ton. I know it's going to be the big three in some order. Smith sounds like sounds like Smith one, Holmgren two, Bonchero third. I don't have a huge opinion on any of these guys. Holmgren obviously with the body type would worry you. I mean, he's just so skinny. He's got those narrow shoulders. Um, I don't know that he's going to be able to put on weight. Great. He's got some certain you know some strengths obviously, but um, you know Smith is an extremely talented player. I think Bonchero might be the most talented, most you know well rounded of, of the three, but. You know what's tough about the draft? And the draft is still one of my favorite nights of the year, the NBA draft is. It used to be you know, one of my th – it was definitely in the top five. It would be hard to rank it uh, in terms of you know favorite sports nights of the year, which is funny because it's not even a game. It's always been one of my favorite nights of the year. I think – and I think a lot of people probably agree with me on this, but I think as the years go on, you just get less and less into it. And once it comes around, like once the night of the draft uh, shows up, it's still a lot of fun, but – it's just difficult because we don't know these players. You get a lot of international players, and nobody's ever seen those guys. And even the college guys, they're all one and done. So, you know, how many people are sitting around watching Auburn basketball? Maybe you've seen them once in the tournament. They were only in the tournament for 10 minutes. They got knocked out in the second round to Miami. So, 
you know, how much have people really seen Jabari Smith? Holmgren plays in Gonzaga. Gonzaga's on TV a lot. They were in the, the tournament until the Sweet 16, so maybe you saw Holmgren. Uh, Bonchero was there until the Final Four, so maybe you saw him. But again, with only one year, you don't really build up feelings towards these guys one way or another where you get attached. Like, I can think back to, you know, remember when UConn won their first title in 1999 and that was a great Duke team they beat. And it, UConn had Richard Hamilton and Khalid Al-Amin. But Duke had Elton Brand and Trajan Langdon and Battier. And Battier was probably not the last guy, but Battier is one of the last guys where it's like he's there for all four years. And you built up you know, a healthy feeling towards him, whether you don't like him, most people don't like Duke. Uh, but you started to – you got to know these guys. You know, you got to know them. And with the college guys now, it's like these guys, they come, they go. By the time they're in the draft, it's like you've seen these guys for 10 minutes, so you don't really have a strong feeling and a strong opinion one way or the other. So uh, the Knicks with the 11th pick and the 42nd pick. Brooklyn does not have a pick. Uh, if you're the Knicks, it's just, you know what, figure out a way to get a superstar. I know it's easier said than done. I don't know that um, they're going to have a lot of maneuverability here with the roster. They spent the money last summer on Fournier, on Walker, which didn't work out. Uh, you know, could you trade for Mitchell? And well, Barrett's going to have to go in that deal, and what that kind of defeats the purpose. I, if you're the Knicks, now this regime seems a little more responsible than past regimes, and Phil Jackson and some of these other guys that are chasing superstars, well past their prime with with long bad free agent contracts. But if you're the Knicks, you got to figure out a way here to get a franchise changing guy because I just don't see how you're anything more than a playing team at best. I mean, East is pretty good here as we're going to look at the odds. The East is good now. You got Durant. Uh, with the Nets, you figure they'll be, I mean, look, they're, they're way better than you are. We'll put it that way. Whether they're a title team and they can build around Durant properly, we'll see. But they're in the mix. The Sixers have Embiid. The Heat are really good and were a one seed last year. And they're going to return most of their team. And they're always looking to add players. I'm sure they'll be in the mix here for Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell. Um, you know, the Bucks probably have the best player in Giannis. They might have gone to the finals if Middleton didn't get hurt. I mean, you just go down the line. The Raptors are going to eventually be good. They're not on that level now with these other teams, but they're young. That's a good organization. So, I mean, you look around. The Cavs had a nice young team last year, although they fell off. Um, it's not easy in the East. It's not like it was in the past where, you know what, you just have a decent team and you can be a, a three or a four seed. The East is pretty good, and the Knicks just – I would say that their ceiling is maybe an upper echelon playing team, a seven or eight, but I don't see any way they're getting in the main draw. Uh, you know, one one through six, I just don't see it. And uh, it's hard to find a star at 11. It's not impossible. We've seen it with Giannis. We've seen it with Jokic. Even Curry wasn't top five. So it's possible to find that guy at 11. But if you're the Knicks, you got to, you know, strike gold at some point here because I don't know the next superstar that's going to be available. It's not like Jokic is asking for a trade or Luka Doncic. It seems like that musical chair of, of, of superstars where, you know, 2017 to 1920 where Harden gets traded and LeBron goes to the Lakers and then Davis gets traded. I um, mean, all these guys switch teams, Durant switch teams, Kyrie switch teams. You go around and pretty much everybody switch teams once, if not twice. I don't know that you're getting that here in the East. Now maybe, I mean, who would even be available next? Embiid, although Embiid's getting up there in age. Could Embiid, you know, ask for a trade at some point if things don't go well with the Sixers? Maybe, but... Uh, if you're the Knicks, I know the name of the game is getting superstars and either drafting one or stashing enough assets to get a superstar. I just don't know where that superstar is coming here if you're the Knicks. So 11th pick in the draft. We'll see what they do. We'll get into some of the odds for the draft here as the week goes along. We'll get some guests on to talk some NBA. Let's look at some NBA futures here while we're at it. Bet Rivers um, as, let's see here. 
Uh, it's going to be the usual suspects here for the NBA. I mean, it's going to be the teams you would expect to see at the top. The Knicks are 250 to 1. I know that one is, uh, look, if, if you have belief there, I'm not recommending it. But if you if you want just, uh, I don't know, if you have some sort of epiphany where the Knicks are winning a title, you are getting 250 to 1. Good luck with that. Warriors are plus 450. They are the short shots. I don't like that number. I would need a little more on Golden State, although they're going to have some young guys now. They got a little gap here as. You know, they have the older guys, the old guard with Curry, Clay, and Draymond. But they have these young guys now, Wiseman, uh, Moody, and Kaminga. So those guys can marinate and turn into stars, or you can flip them for somebody else. So that's interesting, but I think the Warriors plus 450. I would need a little more than that. Celtics are plus 650. Clippers are 7-1. to Bucks are 7-1. to Nets are 9-1. to Boy, the, the books still love the Nets. Remember last year we kept talking about the Nets and how you would need more. I need more than this. The price is too short. It was 7-1. to one. It was 8-1. to one. It's like they have a better chance of not getting out of the first round than they do of actually winning the championship. And, of course, they got swept in the first round. So the books still love the Nets. And when you have Durant, look, you got a shot. You absolutely have a shot. He's as good as anybody. Uh, you know, 1A, probably 1B with Giannis, even though he had a bad postseason. So Nets are 9-1. to one. Again, I would need a little more. I would need to see what they do with the rest of this roster. Suns are 10 to 1. Heat 10 to 1. Mavericks 12 to 1. That could be interesting. Sixers 14 to 1. Eh, I don't know. Uh, Nuggets are 14 to 1. That's interesting because they get Murray, quarterback. Jokic just needs a little help. That team was really about to pop when Murray got hurt a couple years ago. Remember, they were coming off a conference finals appearance in the bubble. So that's not terrible. The one thing you wouldn't love with Denver is. Their three best players are all liabilities on defense. Usually when you win a championship, it's with two-way players. You know, the Warriors were the best defense in the league this year. And you think of the Warriors, you think of the offense, but they've always been a great defense. You don't have that with the Nuggets. They are going to be fun. If you can get Murray back healthy and get Porter Jr. back to go with Jokic, maybe out of piece. The, the Nuggets at 14-1, to 1, I don't hate it. I'd worry about the defense. Memphis is on their way. Made a conference finals. They've got Morant 16-1. to 1. It's not terrible. Lakers 22 to 1. Boy. The case for the Lakers, not, the, the roster is terrible around Davis and LeBron. And even Davis and LeBron were great where they carry last year. The case for them, though, is you know what? They were coming off the bubble. They barely had an offseason. Another quick turnaround. They haven't had any time to rest, recover. They're going to be motivated now where their season ended, you know, late March. And now you get LeBron rested and motivated. If he's got one last run in him, this is it. Davis, people counting him out. He's soft. He's overrated. He's overpaid. Maybe there's some truth to that. So you get them rested. You get them motivated. Do you get just one dominant season from LeBron, one more dominant season? He put up the points last year, but I don't think he did it on both ends and really carried the teams like you know he's done in the past. So 22 to 1, I don't know. I just Westbrook, you don't have any flexibility. You don't have any draft picks. You don't have any young players. You do have LeBron and Davis, but I don't know that you have enough else to win a championship, but I do think they'll be better. They can't be worse. I mean, we know they can't be worse. So uh, Lakers 22 to one. Then there's obviously a gap after these other teams. Pelicans 40 to one. Do you get Zion back? You know, you made the playoffs this past year. Eh, 40 to one's okay. Raptors 50 to one. Raptors are going to be good. They're going to be better. They, you know, they got all these young players between Scotty Barnes. You know, they draft well. They're well coached. That's a good organization. 50 to one, eh, probably not winning a title, but um, you know, that's, Always, they're always undervalued. The Raptors. I remember they were like three, four to one to make the playoffs this past year, and they uh, and they did. So the Raptors are always undervalued. I don't know that I would take them a future to win it all. Maybe I don't know some division bet and over under. A yes, make the playoffs, but not. A, I'm not sure about winning a title uh, with that nucleus. 
Jazz 50 to 1, no thank you. We've seen that before. Bulls 60 to 1, no. Hawks 80 to 1, Cavs 80 to 1, Minnesota 80 to 1. And then we're just, uh, I mean, basically throwing money away with some of these other teams. Knicks, like I mentioned, 250 to 1. So uh, Knicks need a superstar. Knicks need a superstar. I mean, that's not breaking any news, but at some point, you know, you got to figure out a way to get, get a guy here and uh, that's going to make a difference. That's going to be your A. plus. Now, it's hard to say, you know, best player on a title team because that list is very short. That list is like five, seven, eight guys at most. So it's hard to get that guy. But if you're the Knicks, you're just kind of spinning your wheels here. You're almost, you're in the worst place you can be because you're not awful enough. Remember, they won all these games at the end of last year. They went on a little run and end up picking 11th, which is where they were slotted at. You know, you're not bad enough where you're picking in the top three. That was the whole Sixers philosophy with tanking. Hey, we don't want to be in the middle here. We either want to be competing for championships or tanking where we're getting a top two or three pick. Now, those top picks didn't work out. It was a lot of Okafors. It was a lot of, you know, Ben Simmons wasn't a great pick, but he actually wasn't a terrible pick because he made an all-NBA team. Embiid was a really great pick. Um, and you can go back and forth on some of the picks, but the philosophy was we're going to pick in the top three and we're going to suck until we don't suck anymore. And we're going to get, you know, we're not just looking for horses. We're looking for thoroughbreds at the top of the draft. So the Nets, the Knicks pick in 11th, like I said, it's not impossible to find draft, to find superstars there. When you look at Giannis, even Kawhi, and I don't know if I put Paul George on that level, but you can find guys uh, in that range that are superstars. It's just, it's going to take some luck. It's going to take some good scouting. So uh, the Knicks just kind of spinning their wheels right now in no man's land, a playing team, even if they make the playoffs, what they're, seven eight seed and they're going to lose in five games in the first round so kind of no man's land here if you're the knicks after you know two years ago they were a four seed obviously at the time we kind of thought that was fool's gold i think last year proved that was fool's gold that was a year where all these teams were hurt uh, superstars were resting superstars were, were injured everyone was coming off the bubble it was kind of a catch your breath year where the knicks hey they didn't have any superstars to rest and they weren't catching their breath so they were playing hard every night. Randall had a big year, and they somehow miraculously got a four seed, which I still think you know, there needs to be a 30 for 30 on how that team got a four seed. But I think we saw last year that was obviously fool's gold, that four seed. So we'll see what the Nets, uh, we'll see what the Knicks do in the draft. The Nets have to sort out the roster around Durant. They got to get some size, figure out the Kyrie situation. I would figure out a way to move on from Kyrie, but then the question is, who do you replace him with? Do you, does that annoy Durant? Um, look, I mean, that's not really, it's Durant and it's a bunch of small, you know, point guard type guys between Mills and Kyrie. So that team was very small, very bad defensively last year. You're going to have to figure out a way to get some size and get some two-way guys back. Uh, if you're the Nets and look, if you have Durant, you're going to be competing for titles, but I don't know how long that's going to last. Durant's getting older. He's had a lot of injuries. The East is really good. So look like the, look like the Nets were on their way to, Obviously not a, a dynasty is an, an exaggeration, but when they had Harden, Kyrie, and Durant the season two years ago now, the year the Bucks won it, where they were about to not just beat the Bucks, but probably sweep the Bucks, even with Harden hurt. And Harden gets hurt, Kyrie gets hurt. They still almost win that series. It looked like that team that swept the Celtics was on its way to win a title, maybe multiple titles. And uh, obviously those injuries, then Harden comes back out of shape. He's never the same. He's not happy. Kyrie, the whole thing with the vaccine, it just unravels where uh, who knows if this Kyrie-Durant tandem uh, even results in a championship. I would say the fact, uh, you know, the, the odds that it doesn't is a heavy favorite right now. I would put that as a heavy, heavy favorite. Now, it's never know. You never know. It's sports. The Celtics kind of came out of nowhere and, you know, got to game six in the NBA Finals. The Warriors had points this year where you didn't think they would win a title. They were a three seed. So you never know. When you have Durant, you have a chance. But 
certainly need to retinker the rest of that roster. So that's the NBA. The draft is Thursday. We'll do more of that uh, as the week goes along. We'll be back tomorrow. Thank you guys for listening. Coming up tomorrow, uh, one I'm excited about, Bill James, author, writer, historian, really a baseball legend. So we'll talk some baseball with Bill James. That is tomorrow. Uh, appreciate you guys for listening. Don't forget to download, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.